Hello, and welcome to a very festive episode of Between the Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Odell Public Library. I'm not a real saint, but I am your host, Victoria Horn, and on this month's episode, it's Little Saint Vic's personalized book recommendations. Merry Christmas, Saint Vic, come this time each year. Ooh, well, away up north where the air gets cold, there's a tale about reading that you've all been told, and a podcast host always dressed in black, and she spends the whole year adding to your stacks, it's the Little Saint Vic, the Little Saint Vic, it's the Little Saint Vic. So I created a Google form where Between the Stacks listeners and patrons could request book recommendations. So I composed a quiz so that folks could choose from a semi-comprehensive list of genres in fiction and nonfiction literature and a desired reading level. So adult, young adult, junior or middle grade, and easy as well as whether they were interested in graphic novels or short stories, and whether they wanted standalone or fiction books in a series. And because recommendations are much easier to give when you give us librarians specifics, I asked people to tell me some authors they love, authors they dislike, books they loved, and books that they really did not like. So before we get into the recommendations, I just wanted to take a minute to thank all of you during this last podcast episode of 2022. It has been such an amazing year. I'm so grateful for all of the really enthusiastic support and heartfelt messages that I have received during this year. This is the first year I'm producing Between the Stacks on my own, and I have really, truly fallen in love with the entire process, from scripting to recording to editing and producing. But the best part is always putting it out into the world and hearing back from you. So I've heard back from listeners who are beloved former teachers, friends who live on the other side of the world, family members that I don't get to see very often, and family members who live in the same house and listen to the podcast while I'm in the same room, making me question all of my life decisions. Many of you have been listening since Gillian, Krista, and Emily started up the podcast, and a real highlight for me this year was catching up with Gillian over Thanksgiving and getting her stamp of approval on the ways that I've continued the work that they started while also putting my own spin on it now that they've moved on to other things. So I really appreciated that, and I feel good about the places that I've been able to honor the work that they started and put my own twist on it. So whether you've been here since the beginning or you're listening for the first time now, thank you so much for letting me fill your life for this brief hour that we share together every month with my stupid little jokes and bookish opinions. It's been a real highlight, if not the highlight of 2022 for me. So if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast this year and want to give this podcast host a present, it would be awesome if you shared this episode on social media and follow Between the Stacks on your podcast streaming platform of choice. So that way you'll be notified when new episodes drop And it's just one small way you can show your support for Odell and provide feedback on the podcast. That would be very much appreciated. And now, 
on Shelley, on Shakespeare, on Bechtel and Gaiman, on Christie, on Cleary, on Erdrich and Austin. It's time for Little St. Vic's personalized book recommendations. Stay with me. But of course, we want to take a moment during each podcast to let you know what's happening at Odell. It's like a, a letter that you get in a Christmas card every year, which is letting you know what's happening here. So in our little Odell family, we would like to let you know that we will be closed Monday, January 2nd in observance of New Year's Day. All of our free Saturday clubs will continue in the new year. So Lego Club meets the first Saturday of the month from 1030 to noon. Lego, Duplo, and Megablocks are provided and all ages and abilities are welcomed. Our All Ages and Abilities Pokemon Club meets the third Saturday of the month from 10 to 11.30 a.m., followed by Magic the Gathering from noon to 3 p.m. for ages 10 to adult. We want to give a big thank you to everyone who has already bought items off of our Amazon wish list of items that could help us refresh our children's section. Some of our items are in need of replacing, so you can find that wish list linked on our Facebook page or linked in the show notes for this episode. There are only a couple of items left, so thank you so much to everyone who has already bought and donated items. We really, really appreciate it. As most of you know, we put out our carpet bid last month and we have moved forward since then. So we'll have some more information on the next stage of our project very soon, so stay tuned for that. And Storytime continues into the new year. This is a free drop-in program designed especially for preschoolers, but open to all. So stop by every Thursday from 7 to 7.30 p.m. for stories, songs, and crafts with Miss Katie. So as many of you know, we very suddenly lost a special friend and beloved member of our Odell family in November. Elisa Rideout, or Nikki, as many of her old friends called her, passed away. Memorials have been arranged in her honor at Odell and K&R Greenhouse if you would like to donate to one of her beloved places. Katie and I are also working on compiling a book of messages and memories from Elisa's loved ones to her most favorite person in the world, her mom, Sandy. So if you would like to contribute to the book, pre-cut papers are available here at Odell, and out-of-town folks can mail their remembrances to Odell Public Library or email them to kwriter.odell at gmail.com. Please write in ink on paper cut to size 6 inches by 3.75 inches and write on only the front side since pages will be bound together in a book and you can use as many sheets of paper as you would like. Thank you for joining us in remembering such an extraordinary friend. Right, and it's time to go over our December book order. Lots of exciting titles. You can find a complete list of the titles on our monthly book order on our website, Odell, O-D-E-L-L, publiclibrary.com, or print copies are available at the circulation desk. 
in adult nonfiction. Everyone can rejoice. We finally got our copy of I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. If you don't know, this book is selling like crazy. It's one of the big phenomena of the year in the book world. It's making waves, and uh, I'm really interested to read it. I've heard (laughs) a kind of diverse set of opinions from the readers in my life, so can't wait to get my hands on that one. We also have Elizabeth Taylor, The Grit and Glamour of an Icon by Kate Anderson Brower, and Eating Up Route 66, Foodways on America's Mother Road by T. Lindsay Baker. And in adult fiction, we have new titles from M.C. Beaton, Mark Cameron, S.A. Cosby, Robin Cook, Jen DeLuca, Kigo Higashino, Colleen Hoover, Lisa Jackson, Mercedes Lackey, Peter Lovesy, Cormac McCarthy, Hannah Morrissey, Jane Smiley, and Kitty Zeldis. And we also have a new young adult title from Maureen Johnson, old fave of mine. So the new title is Nine Liars truly devious. And then in junior fiction, we've got some cool non-fiction titles, a new DK Eyewitness book, Wonders of the World, as well as the Scholastic Book of World Records 2023. I have such fond memories of reading through (laughs) the books of world records that were on the coffee table at my piano teacher's house. Many a a good hour spent going over those. (laughs) And we also have a new Bad Kitty graphic novel, Super Cat, by Nick Bruhl. We have the 17th book in the Owl Diaries series by Rebecca Elliott called Eva in the Band. The 13th graphic novel in the Babysitter's Club series called Marianne's Bad Luck Mystery, based on the novels by Anne M. Martin. And the 6th in the Wings of Fire series by Tui T. Sutherland. That title is Moon Rising. And then in easy fiction, we have Horse and Buggy on Ice by Ethan Long, Grumpy New Year by Katrina Moore, Agatha May and the Anglerfish by Nora Morrison, and Little Owl's Love by Divya Srinivasan. So if you'd like to get your hands on any of these new titles, you can always put a hold on them on your Prairie Cat account on the website or the app, or you can give us a call and we would be happy to help you get that on hold. All right, St. Vic has arrived and it is time to finally reveal the recommendations based on things that people have sent in. So thank you so much. I would love to do this again at some point. I had so much fun exploring different genres and different types of literature that I haven't had any reason to really look into. Oh, and disclaimer, I haven't read like the majority of the books that I'm recommending on the podcast because everyone asked for adult fiction, which is not really in my wheelhouse. I'm trying to get better about reading more adult fiction. But I have had some titles on my radar that I have heard great things about from readers in my life that I trust. So I am recommending a lot of titles that they have enjoyed and that have been on my list for a long time. So just a little disclaimer there. So the first person, I actually have no idea who it is for. So let me know if this was you. Um, I did a little sleuthing, but I, I couldn't figure it out. So mystery fan wanted adult fiction, interested in cozy mysteries, drama, police procedurals, and detective fiction. 
They preferred standalone books of medium length. Books that they loved were The Survivors by Jane Harper, The Holdout by Graham Moore, and The Guest List by Lucy Foley. And a book they hated was Motherless Brooklyn by Jonathan Lethem. So I have two recommendations that I'll talk about here on the podcast. Hopefully you haven't read (laughs) these yet. So I kind of latched on to The Guest List by Lucy Foley and The Survivors by Jane Harper. Those have that element of a group of people and you're trying to figure out who is the culprit and they kind of have that Agatha Christie-esque feeling to them where where we have an assembled cast of characters who are all trying to hide secrets, maybe for different reasons. So a title that sort of hits on that aspect that I've heard a lot of good things about is Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney. So we're getting the band back together for Nana's 80th birthday party. So after years of avoiding each other, Daisy Darker's entire family is assembling for Nana's 80th birthday party in Nana's crumbling gothic house on a tiny tidal island. Finally back together one last time, when the tide comes in, they will be cut off from the rest of the world for eight hours. The family arrives, each of them harboring secrets. Then, at the stroke of midnight, as a storm rages, Nana is found dead, and an hour later, the next family member follows. Trapped on an island where someone is killing them one by one, the Darkers must reckon with their present mystery as well as their past secrets before the tide comes in and all is revealed. This just sounds to me like Knives Out, that kind of vibe where they all have something to hide. There are different things happening amongst them, and murder is just one of them. So I would recommend picking up Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney, as well as a couple of titles from Ruth Ware, One by One, as well as The Woman in Cabin 10, sort of have that trapped in a space where you can't (laughs) escape and someone is out to get people, so you have to figure out who it is. They both have that vibe. So One by One getting snowed in at a beautiful rustic mountain chalet and it's an entire group of co-workers which sounds like some people's literal version of hell but not mine i would love to be snowed in with all of my co-workers they're great <laughs> i absolutely love all of you <laughs> i'm not being sarcastic that sounded sarcastic um, <laughs> but an off-site company retreat goes wrong when an avalanche is hitting survival of the fittest how many members will be left at the end of the day and the woman in cabin 10 is about a cruise So a journalist working for a travel magazine witnesses a woman being thrown overboard and she has to figure out what has happened. So let me know who you are and if I have hit on anything that sounds interesting to you. I'm so excited to get to recommend books for my friend Nutmeg. My friend Megan is a friend from college. We roomed together her senior year, and we have a lot of the same taste in books, so I had so many ideas about where I could go with this one. But Megan Nutmeg wants adult fiction. Fiction genres that she is interested in are fantasy, historical fantasy, classics, 
LGBTQ literary fiction and contemporary romance. She prefers standalone books and long books as well. Good on you. <laughs> Some authors that Megan loves are Kristen Hanna, Sarah Winman, Sarah J. Moss, Charlotte McConaughey, and Taylor Jenkins Reid. And books that she loves are Once There Were Wolves by Charlotte McConaughey, Still Life by Sarah Winman, and The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. Um, books she did not like are Eileen by Otessa Moshfey and The Luckiest Girl Alive by Jessica Knoll. And in additional comments, Megan says, Nothing too tragic, but I don't mind if it makes me cry. I'm right there with you. I don't mind if I cry, because I usually do at a book if it's good. <laughs> and... Uh, if it has a horribly morose description, I probably am not going to pick it up. So I, I am with you there. So I could go a lot of places, but I focused on LGBTQ literary fiction and sort of historical fantasy. And I wanted to recommend a book that one of my dear friends, Melissa, gave five stars and I have been waiting to read this book because it sounds so good and I read a couple of pages and it just seems like right up your alley as well in that bag. So it's called Agatha of Little Neon by Claire Luchette. It is her debut novel. It came out last year in August um, and it says on Goodreads, Agatha has lived every day of the last nine years with her sisters. They work together, laugh together, pray together. Their world is contained within the little house they share. The four of them are devoted to Mother Roberta and to their quiet, purposeful life. But when the parish goes broke, the sisters are forced to move. They land in Woonsocket, a former mill town now dotted with wind turbines. They head up a halfway house, where they live alongside castoffs like the jawless Tim Gary and the headstrong lawnmower Jill. Agatha is forced to venture out into the world alone to teach math at a local all-girls high school, where for the first time in years she will have to reckon with what she sees and feels all on her own. Who will she be if she isn't with her sisters? These women, the church, have been her home, or has she just been hiding? Disarming, delightfully deadpan, and full of searching, Claire Luchette's Agatha of Little Neon offers a view into the lives of women and the choices they make. It is a novel about female friendship and devotion, the roles made available to us, and how we become ourselves. <laughs> Megan was a sociology major in college, so I sort of focused on books that have compelling subject matter, but mostly a focus on people. It is an LGBTQ book, and that one's not very long, so that wouldn't really hit on the long read, but one that is a book that has been on my radar, and I'm really excited to read it eventually, might be too sad, because one of the books that I've heard a lot about by Douglas Stewart is Chuggy Bane, and that book is incredibly sad, I've heard, so... I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if this was also a tearjerker, but it's called Young Mungo. It came out in April this year, and it's a coming-of-age set in Scotland. 
Mungo is a Protestant and James is a Catholic. They grow up in Glasgow and they fall in love. And Mungo is trying to hide his sexuality from those around him, especially his older brother, who is a gang leader. So within the novel, after they fall in love, a couple of months later, Mungo's mother sends him on a fishing trip to western Scotland with uh, some strange men. And he will have to figure out how to survive that experience and get back to safety. So the Goodreads description ends with... Young Mungo is a gripping and revealing story about the bounds of masculinity, the divides of sectarianism, the violence faced by many queer people, and the dangers of loving someone too much. It sounds kind of heavy, so that might not be the book for you, but I'd give it a try if you're feeling like having something that'll hit you right in the feels. But another one that I could not resist recommending. I think I've talked about it on the podcast in passing before, but my beloved theater major, I think this this book could be the ticket. So it's called The King of Infinite Space by Lindsay Fay. It's a magical queer feminist take on Hamlet set in New York City. So that one's a little bit over 400 pages. And listen to my suggestions later for my Marmy, because I think you'll also enjoy those. All right, next up, it is my brother. So, my brother Spencer asked for a recommendation for adult fiction, interested in fantasy, historical fantasy, historical fiction, classics, horror, cozy mysteries, historical mysteries, comedy, and genre benders. He prefers standalone books of medium length, is interested in graphic novels. He loves H.B. Lovecraft, Charles Dickens, Robert Howard, Douglas Adams, Kurt Vonnegut, and J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> Authors he hated, he wrote whoever wrote Twilight. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Stephanie Meyer. Uh, books he loved, Lord of the Rings, Hitchhiker's Guide, Slaughterhouse-Five, Great Expectations, 1Q84 by Haruki Murakami, and the Hellboy series by Mike Mignola and John Byrne. And I had a blast researching mostly fantasy and sci-fi for you, Spence. So one that one of my coworkers last year, Teresa, recommended is A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers, and it is just the coziest little science fiction book you've ever seen. So the inside jacket says, it's been centuries since the robots of Panga gained self-awareness and laid down their tools. Centuries since they wandered into the wilderness, never to be seen again. Centuries since they faded into myth and urban legend. One day, the life of a tea monk is upended by the arrival of a robot, there to honor the old promise of checking in. The robot has one question, what do people need? But the answer to that question depends on who you ask and how. They're going to need to ask it a lot. And I love the dedication. It just says, for anybody who could use a break. And if that isn't the most beautiful thing you've ever heard, <laughs> it's just such a wonderful little quick read and it's not a complicated world, 
it's such a an interesting mix of futuristic but also like agrarian sort of rural feeling it just is so full of heart and comfort and it reminds me a lot of Howl's Moving Castle that sense of nature and life and luxurious radiant color juxtaposed with innovation and technology that has sort of been mishmashed together to create this one beautiful thing that serves many purposes. It is just such a cool concept. And there is a sequel, A Prayer for the Crown Shy. So if you like the first one, there's another one. In a totally different vein, I was like searching through many, many (laughs) sites for anything Lovecraft. And I found the perfect graphic novel for you, I think. It's called Lock and Key, L-O-C-K-E. Welcome to Lovecraft by Joe Hill, who is one of the foremost horror people, and it looks terrifying, so that's right up your alley, Spence. And the other one that I think is a sure shot for you would be The Seven and a Half Lives of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. This is described as an Agatha Christie whodunit. With a scoop of Downton Abbey, a dash of Quantum Leap, and a liberal sprinkling of Groundhog Day. All things that you love, except maybe Quantum Leap. I don't know that you ever watched that. But (laughs) So this is about a man who wakes up every single day reliving the same day that Evelyn Hardcastle died until he can identify her killer. But every single time the day begins again, he wakes up in the body of a different guest at Blackheath Manor. And it's a locked room mystery. It's a blend between mystery and fantasy. It just sounds fantastic. So excited to check that one out. And if you have a little bit more time on your hands, Babel in Arcane History by R.F. Kwong has sort of that sweeping world building that Lord of the Rings has. I would, I would recommend getting your hands on that one. Next up is Lisa, my lovely co-worker, master of all, (laughs) answerer of all my questions, Lisa. So she wanted adult fiction and loves Western and Western romance, as well as comedy. No preference for standalone or series, prefers medium-length books. She loves Janet Ivanovich and Joanna Lindsay, doesn't care for Stephen King not surprised at all, (laughs) and loved the books One for the Money by Janet Ivanovich and Love Only Once by Joanna Lindsay. In addition, she commented, don't care for diary style, and I'm a hopeless romantic for I love with my whole person. Absolutely true. (laughs) This woman is a big hug embodied. So I am not familiar (laughs) with too many Western titles, So I had to do quite a bit of research on this one, and I sort of, I think I hit on one that you might enjoy. If you don't like it, please don't. (laughs) Don't blame me. I really hope I can find one you like, though, because the last couple of titles that I recommended to Lisa were not not a hit. Um, (laughs) But I think you'll enjoy Where the Road Bends by Rachel Fordham, set in Iowa. 
and the main character, Nora, is set to marry a man that she doesn't really know because she doesn't have much left in her life. It's 1880, so she is about to get married just to preserve her ability to live. (laughs) And days before her wedding, she discovers an injured man on her property. And she feels compelled just as a kind, considerate person to take him in and nurse him back to health. And that complicates things down the road. But she nurses this guy, Quincy Barnes, back to health. He's penniless. He's homeless. He still knows that the most honorable thing he can do since she is a single woman living alone, is to just get out of there, let her marry the man she's engaged to. And I'm pretty sure they're going to have to make a choice at the end if, you know, he doesn't have much to his name, neither does she. Honor is on the line. It might be a nice, heartwarming little story. But if that one doesn't strike your fancy, I also found one that reminds me a lot of True Grit just in the <laughs> relationships that are described. I don't know if you like that movie or that book, but it's called Claiming Her Legacy by Linda Goodnight. It's set in Oklahoma in 1890. I will read the description from Goodreads. So it says, Frontier women don't ride off alone to track an outlaw. Not even women as capable as tomboy spinster Willa Malone but Willa desperately needs the bounty money offered for her father's killer if she's to keep their homestead and take care of her sisters. That means she needs an expert tracker's help. Gideon Hartley has the skill, but the handsome trail guide also has a troubling secret. Little by little, their quest and Willa's belief in him is restoring the sense of purpose he thought he'd lost. Journeying into the heart of danger, they'll have to face down the past together if they hope to protect their future. Something about a woman bounty hunter is just fantastic. (laughs) She sounds like a strong, self-sufficient lady, much like yourself, and I think it might be be a win. And then less on the Western front, (laughs) but more on the romance side of things. I wonder if The Flat Chair by Beth O'Leary might be of interest about two people who have opposite schedules. So they share a flat, one works at night, one works during the day, and they've never met each other, but I'm assuming they fall in love. <laughs> and I've I've heard many a good thing about that. It sounds kind of funny, cute, charming, light, etc. So that might be one of interest. Hopefully one of these <laughs> is a slam dunk because I just... I can't seem to hack Lisa's taste in books, and I'm still trying. I won't give up. (laughs) So let me know if any of those are a win. Next up is my beloved Marmee, my mom. So she wants adult fiction. She loves historical fiction, classics, cozy mysteries, and Regency romance. She has no preference for standalone books or series, no preference for length, and authors she loves are Charlotte Bronte, Charles Dickens, Kristen Hanna, but she's also open to trying new authors, and she does not like hateful writing or anything that's horror. 
and her favorite books are the Bible, Secret Garden by Frances Hodgins Burnett, and almost any gardening book, art history, or classic. So I had many suggestions for you. For one thing, Still Life by Sarah Winman, that's one of Megan's favorite books, is definitely one that you should check out. Historical fiction, right up your alley. But another one that I have heard many a good thing, and it's set in one of your favorite settings, Paris. It's called All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Dewar, and I will read the description. So it says, Marie Laure lives in Paris near the Museum of Natural History where her father works. When she is 12, the Nazis occupy Paris, and father and daughter flee to the walled citadel of St. Malo, where Marie Laure's reclusive great-uncle lives in a tall house by the sea. With them, they carry what might be the museum's most valuable and dangerous jewel. In a mining town in Germany, Werner Fennig, an orphan, grows up with his younger sister. Enchanted by a crude radio they find that brings them news and stories from places they have never seen or imagined, Werner becomes an expert at building and fixing these crucial new instruments and is enlisted to use his talent to track down the resistance. Deftly interweaving the lives of Marie, Lore, and Werner, Dewar illuminates the ways against all odds people try to be good to one another. Sounds like a tearjerker, but I know you don't mind that. <laughs> but if you're looking for something a little bit lighter, it's still literary fiction, but I think this one would be a hit for you as well. It's called Kitchens of the Great Midwest by J. Ryan Straddle. And my dear friend Emily went into the grocery store one day and I started reading this book while she was in there because I was in the car with her baby and it made me laugh in the first like couple of pages. So <laughs> it is about a man whose wife leaves him for a wine expert and so that he's left to raise their child on his own and he wants to make sure that she falls in love with food the way he has. So as she grows, she finds comfort in native Minnesotan foods. She becomes a star chef at a supper club, and each chapter tells the story of a single dish and character, capturing the, quote, zeitgeist of the Midwest, the rise of foodie culture, and delving into the ways food creates community and a sense of identity. If that just doesn't sound like a warm hug to you, I don't know what does. But some other titles that might be of interest as well. The Island of Missing Trees by Elif Shafak. And one that is my beloved friend Amy's favorite book, A Man Called Ove by Frederick Bachman. So hopefully one of those novels will be a hit. Okay. Another friend from college who actually lived with me and Nutmeg, my friend Logan. So she wanted adult fiction and she is interested in fantasy, historical fantasy, cozy mystery, drama, supernatural romance, regency romance, dystopian and utopian comedy genre benders, and LGBTQ titles. No preference for standalone series or length. Does not like Colleen Hoover or J.K. Rowling. 
loved the books. Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. Absolutely love that book. Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Jabosky. Again, absolutely love that book. Shadow and Bone series by Lee Bardugo. Percy Jackson series by Rick Riordan. The Harry Potter series. And Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Did not like November 9th by Colleen Hoover. <laughs> yeah. And she says, I'm really open to anything, but I like fantasy, witchy, and especially something with romance and can be spicy. <laughs> Honestly, recommend me things that make me a cool reader and not so basic. No, <laughs> I defy the fact that you are basic, my friend. I don't care what you read, you're choosing to read, so... I have so many titles of witchy reads and romance, witchy crossover. They marry very well. <laughs> so many suggestions for you. And I'll just go ahead and hit one right out of the park. If you haven't read the Raven Cycle series by Maggie Stiefvater, uh get the two a library and check it out right now because these books are fantastic I cannot recommend them enough. I've recommended them so many times on the podcast. People are probably sick of hearing about it, but they are just exactly what you're looking for, except not very spicy, but <laughs> they are jam-packed with fantastical, magical, wonderful things. I can't describe how amazing these books are. So the first book in that series is called The Raven Boys. And then it's The Dream Thieves, Blue Lily, Lily Blue, and The Raven King. Absolutely up your alley, my friend. But since I've already talked about those, I'm wondering if you've seen this on Goodreads, because it's kind of everywhere. The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. So the description says, as one of the few witches in Britain, Micah Moon knows she has to hide her magic keep her head down and step away from other witches so their powers don't mingle and draw attention. And as an orphan who lost her parents at a young age and was raised by strangers, she's used to being alone and she follows the rules, with one exception, an online account where she posts videos pretending to be a witch. She thinks no one will take it seriously, but someone does. An unexpected message arrives begging her to travel to the remote and mysterious Nowhere House to teach three young witches how to control their magic. It breaks all of the rules, but Micah goes anyway, and is immediately tangled up in the lives and secrets of not only her three charges, but also an absent archaeologist, a retired actor, two long-suffering caretakers, and Jamie. The handsome and prickly librarian would do anything to protect the children, and as far as he's concerned, a stranger like Micah is a threat. An irritatingly appealing threat. As Micah begins to find her place at Nowhere House, the thought of belonging somewhere begins to feel like a real possibility. But magic isn't the only danger in the world, and when a threat comes knocking at their door, Michael will need to decide whether to risk everything to protect a found family she didn't know she was looking for. Doesn't that just sound so freaking cute? Ugh. And another little witchy read I think you might enjoy is called The Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow. So it says, in 1893, there's no such thing as witches. 
There used to be, in the wild, dark days before the burnings began, but now witching is nothing but tidy charms and nursery rhymes. If the modern woman wants any measure of power, she must find it at the ballot box. But when the Eastwood sisters, James Juniper, Agnes Amaranth, and Beatrice Belladonna, join the suffragettes of New Salem, they begin to pursue the forgotten words and ways that might turn the women's movement into the witches' movement. Stalked by shadows and sickness, hunted by forces who will not suffer a witch to vote, and perhaps not even to live, the sisters will need to delve into the oldest magics, draw new alliances, and heal the bond between them if they want to survive. There's no such thing as witches, but there will be. <laughs> so a sort of morph between the Salem witch hunts and the suffragette movement? Uh, sign me the heck up. Next up, Melissa whom I mention on every single podcast episode, I feel like, would like a title in easy fiction for Vivian, who is a cute-as-a-button, sweet, seven, soon-to-be-eight-year-old who loves funny, easy books with silly illustrations. So she enjoys Mo Willems and loved the book Elephants Cannot Dance, an elephant and piggy book. So boy, oh boy, do I have a lot of suggestions for you because they're short. I've read a bunch of them, had a great time. <laughs> so all of these series hit that transitional in between as kids are starting to read a little bit more on their own and read a little bit longer books than picture books. So a couple of series that hit that special Mo Willems charm, the Pig and Fox series by Jonathan Fenske. So Fox is always playing tricks on Pig, or trying to, rather, and always getting into trouble. Those are usually in, like, a series of three really short stories in a cute little rhyming verse. Adorable. The Archie and Reddy series by Candy James uh, is also just a... There's always something afoot. There's something funny happening. Adorable illustrations. And then I love the Jack book series by Mac Barnett, illustrated by Greg Pizzoli. Those are really reminiscent of the sort of format that Elephant and Piggy books come in. That sort of small, you can hold it in your hands, you feel like you're reading a chapter book, but they have, you know, minimal words, funny drawings, silly little adventures that Jack goes on with Lady and Rex, his dog. Adorable. The Narwhal and Jelly graphic novels by Ben Clanton are funny, silly. I mean, it's a narwhal and a jellyfish. Like, you can't get sillier than <laughs> them talking to each other. And then if Vivian would like something as she's starting to read a little bit more on her own, if she's interested in something a little bit longer, the Norma and Belly series by Micah Song is so sweet and funny about two squirrels who are trying to steal donuts in one and then they're trying to save their grandpa squirrel from a pie factory in the second one. Super silly and funny and cute. Those are a good transition, I feel like, into reading longer titles, as well as Sydney and Taylor Explore the Whole Wide World by Jacqueline Davies and Deborah Hawking. So that one's set up more like a chapter book, but it still has mostly illustrations. 
It's just such a sweet little story about this anxious little hedgehog who really wants to see the world, and his friend decides to go with him, and he helps him get out of trouble and also sort of inspire more faith in himself. Such a sweet, tender little story. So I hope Vivian has as much fun reading any of them as I did. So, my dad submitted a request under the pseudonym Homer, thanks a lot, (laughs) for adult fiction, political thriller, or espionage. No preference for series or standalone medium length, usually. He loves Tom Clancy and John Grisham. Doesn't like romance. Really loved Gorky Park by Martin Cruz Smith and commented, not a big reader. So, buying books for dad has not really gone over super well, but (laughs) there are a few things that I know that you enjoy, and I'm really excited to recommend the book The Eagle Has Landed by Jake Higgins, and it's the first in a series. So the description says, in November of 1943, an elite team of Nazi paratroopers descends on British soil with a diabolical goal, to abduct Winston Churchill and cripple the Allied war effort. The mission, ordered by Hitler himself and planned by Heinrich Himmler, is led by ace agent Kurt Steiner and aided on the ground by IRA gunman Liam Devlin. As the deadly duo executes Hitler's harrowing plot, only the quiet town of Studley Constable stands in their way. Its residents are the lonely souls aware of the impending Nazi plan, and they must become the most unlikely of heroes as the fate of the war hangs in the balance. So history and espionage, thriller, mystery, that type of thing. But if you're not feeling the historical fiction aspect, I think you would enjoy The Terminal List by Jack Carr. So the description for that one says, A Navy SEAL has nothing left to live for and everything to kill for after he discovers that the American government is behind the deaths of his team in this ripped-from-the-headlines political thriller. On his last combat deployment, Lieutenant Commander James Reese's entire team was killed in a catastrophic ambush that also claimed the lives of the aircrew sent in to rescue them. But when those dearest to him are murdered on the day of his homecoming, Reese discovers that this was not an act of war by a foreign enemy, but a conspiracy that runs to the highest levels of government. Now, with no family and free from the military's command structure, Reese applies the lessons that he's learned in over a decade of constant warfare toward avenging the deaths of his family and teammates. With breathless pacing and relentless suspense, Reese ruthlessly targets his enemies in the upper echelons of power without regard for the laws of combat or the rule of law. So, having watched many a Bourne movie over and over again with my dad, I know that this sounds sort of like that. Nothing Left to Lose, Revenge to Gain, and any books by Don Winslow. Very reminiscent of The Godfather. I think The Force and City on Fire would be a good pick for you as well. Next up, 
another person that I have a bajillion suggestions for because it's my sister, as she describes herself, your dazzling and audacious sister, (laughs) Savannah. So she would like an adult fiction recommendation, interested in LGBTQ classics, horror, LGBTQ thriller, cozy mysteries, LGBTQ mystery, and horror, genre benders, or literally anything, she says. And she prefers standalone books, no preference for book length, is interested in graphic novels, obviously because she's an artist, and authors she loves are Rainer Maria Rilke, John Irving, Jane Austen, J.R.R. Tolkien, and Joy Harjo. Does not care for Nicholas Sparks, same. <laughs> loves the books A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, Little Women by Louisa May Alcott, a favorite of our childhood, Blankets by Craig Thompson, Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston, Hold Still by Sally Mann, The Book Thief by Marcus Uzak, Call Me By Your Name by Andre Ackerman, Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger, Perks of Being a Wallflower, Babysitter's Club series by Anna Martin, Lots of books that she's loved throughout her life. (laughs) And she did not care for Singularity by William Slater. Same. If you're a twin, you understand. A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway. Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. So I meant to recommend this book on the horror podcast, but I did not have time to fit it in there. But it is absolutely up your alley one couldn't get more up your alley than this title, I don't think. So it's Woman Eating by Claire Coda. So the description, Lydia is hungry. She's always wanted to try Japanese food. Sashimi, ramen, onigiri with sour plums stuffed inside. The food her Japanese father liked to eat. And then there is bubble tea and iced coffee, ice cream and cake, and foraged herbs and plants, and the vegetables grown by the other young artists at the London studio space she is secretly squatting in. But Lydia can't eat any of these things. Her body doesn't work like those of other people. The only thing she can digest is blood, and it turns out that sourcing fresh pig's blood in London, where she is living away from her vampire mother for the first time, is much more difficult than she'd anticipated. Then there are the humans the other artists at the studio space, the people at the gallery she interns at, the strange men that follow her after dark, and Ben, a boyish, goofy-grinned artist she is developing feelings for. Lydia knows that they are her natural prey, but she can't bring herself to feed on them. In her windowless studio where she paints and studies the work of other artists, binge-watches Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and videos of people eating food on YouTube and Instagram. Lydia considers her place in the world. She has many of the things humans wish for, perpetual youth, near invulnerability, immortality, but she is miserable, she is lonely, and she is hungry, always hungry. As Lydia develops as a woman and an artist, she will learn that she must reconcile the conflicts within her, between her demon and human sides, her mixed ethnic heritage, and her relationship with food and in turn, humans, if she is to find a way to exist in the world. Before any of this, however, she must eat. Does that not sound exactly like something that you would write yourself? I will tell you, my sister, avid Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, world's foremost, if you ask me, 
artist, uh, worked in like a studio space with other people in college, literally loves London and food, like interesting food, you know, and some other titles that you should definitely check out. We Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Berry. Apparently, a girls hockey team like makes a pact with the devil or something and they sign something to do with Emilio Estevez. It's just <laughs> absolutely up your alley. Also, We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. 100% check that graphic novel out, as well as Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfield and Matrix by Lauren Groff, feminist as all get out. So I think any of those would be a fantastic pick for you. Get thee to a library right now. All right, and then Sav also asked for a recommendation for her partner, Corey, and he enjoys adult nonfiction, interested in food, science, space, oceanology, geography, nature, animals, politics, climate change, and sustainability. No preference for book length. He loved Lemony Snicket, me too, <laughs> and loved the books Sixth Extinction and Unnatural History by Elizabeth Colbert the Alex Ryder series by Anthony Horowitz, the Bartimaeus series by Jonathan Stroud, the series of Unfortunate Events, Harry Potter, and Nonfiction, Politics, and Science, did not like Catch-22 by Joseph Heller, War Books, or anything fluffy, as well as Frankenstein for some reason, she says. <laughs> so she says, shot in the dark for some of these questions, he has given up on reading as an escape and turned to it as a means of exposing truths to the world no matter how hard, i.e. books regarding climate change, social justice, etc. So do with that what you will. So I recently heard a recommendation for a book that sounds absolutely up his alley. It's called Life is Meals, A Food Lover's Book of Days by James and Kay Salter. So it's a husband-wife duo, amateur chefs and food lovers extraordinaire. For every single day of the year, they catalog the meals that they have, reflecting on history, recipes, literature. Winnie the Pooh comes up. I know Corey's a fan of A.A. Milne. Memories. It's like a crossover between memoir, cookbook, and I think that might be a good one for Corey. And then one that's on my radar that I really want to read that Corey might enjoy. The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Wallabin. So in The Hidden Life of Trees, the author shares his deep love of woods and forests and explains the amazing processes of life, death, and regeneration he has observed in the woodland. Much like human families, tree parents live together with their children, communicate with them, and support them as they grow sharing nutrients with those who are sick or struggling and creating an ecosystem that mitigates the impact of extremes of heat and cold for the whole group. As a result of such interactions, trees in a family or community are protected and can live to be very old. In contrast, solitary trees, like street kids, have a tough time of it, and in most cases die much earlier than those in a group. Drawing on groundbreaking new discoveries, well, new as of 2015, 
Wallabin presents the science behind the secret and previously unknown life of trees and their communication abilities. He describes how these discoveries have informed his own practices in the forest around him. As he says, a happy forest is a healthy forest, and he believes that eco-friendly practices not only are economically sustainable, but also benefit the health of our planet and the mental and physical health of all who live on Earth. It's like reading about ants. I mean, you can't get any better. Another one that has been on my radar like crazy is braiding sweetgrass, indigenous wisdom, scientific knowledge, and the teaching of plants by Robin Wall Kimmerer. It sounds beautiful. So I think Corey would enjoy any of those. Sort of lean into the more environmental, hopeful <laughs> side of getting in touch with nature and our planet. All right, and then I got a request from my Auntie Marianne. She would like adult fiction. She is interested in fantasy, science fiction, mystery, and the occasional historical fiction book. No preference for standalone or series or book length. She loves J.R.R. Tolkien, Terry Brooks, John Grisham, and the Bronte sisters. Did not like War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy and does not like horror. She does like the Star Trek books. So I think... Well, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle would also be a good pick for you. What a shocker, you and Spencer have very similar tastes. <laughs> but I also recently was reminded of The Mistborn Saga by Brandon Sanderson, and it sounds like a good Tolkien-esque experience. So the first book in that one is called The Final Empire. I shall read the description. So, for a thousand years the ash fell and no flowers bloomed. For a thousand years the Ska slaved in misery and lived in fear. For a thousand years the Lord Ruler, the Sliver of Infinity, reigned with absolute power and ultimate terror, divinely invincible. Then, when hope was so long lost that not even its memory remained, a terribly scarred, heartbroken half-Ska rediscovered it in the depths of the Lord Ruler's most hellish prison. Kelsier snapped and found in himself the powers of a mistborn. A brilliant thief and natural leader, he turned his talents to the ultimate caper, with the Lord Ruler himself as the mark. Kelsier recruited the underworld's elite, the smartest and most trustworthy allomancers, each of whom shares one of his many powers, and all of whom relish a high-stakes challenge. Then Kelsier reveals his ultimate dream, not just the greatest heist in history, but the downfall of the Divine's despot. But even with the best criminal crew ever assembled, Kel's plan looks more like the ultimate long shot, until luck brings a ragged girl named Vin into his life. Like him, she's a half-ska orphan, but she's lived a much harsher life. Vin has learned to expect betrayal from everyone she meets. She will have to learn to trust if Kel is to help her master powers of which she never dreamed. It sounds so freaking epic. And <laughs> it was released in 2006, so I wonder if you've heard of that one already. So I would also recommend a new title from this November called Keeper of Enchanted Rooms by Charlie N. Holmberg. 
So it's set in Rhode Island in 1846, and a writer inherits a remote estate. The property has been uninhabited for a long time, but he goes to live there, and then he realizes that he is not able to leave. The doors lock behind him. So then this person at the Boston Institute for the Keeping of Enchanted Rooms is trained in taming structures like this estate. So she moves in as well, and they're trying to discover the secrets of this house and why it is throwing a little tantrum here, locking them inside. So it's just mysterious, magic, paranormal, historical, all the good things. And then I would also look into Act of Oblivion by Robert Harris, set during the search for two Englishmen involved in the killing of King Charles I, and it sort of journeys into the wilds of 17th century New England. So that one sounds really epic and interesting as well. And last but not least, my Aunt Jill. So Aunt Jilly would like an adult fiction book interested in cozy mystery and espionage. No preference for standalone or series. Prefers medium length books. She loves the authors Lisa Wingate, Sibylla Giorello, John Grisham, Terry Blackstock, Travis Thrasher, Jane Austen, the Bronte sisters, and Charles Dickens. And she loves the books The Book of Lost Friends by Lisa Wingate and Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. And she prefers Christian authors and no romance. So I think if you have not read this series, it is an absolute straight shot into the center of your request. So I would definitely check out the Father Brown series by G.K. Chesterton. You've got that historical side, the mystery, the Agatha Christie of it all. G.K. Chesterton is just such a charming author. I loved what little I read of him in college. So, follows Father Brown, this short, stumpy, little Roman Catholic priest, and his adventures in mystery solving. Fantastic. And another series that I think you should check out is the Curland St. Mary Mysteries by Catherine Lloyd. So it's set in Regency times, historical mystery series, in a quaint little village, an old major returns to his village. So he's recovering from Waterloo and sort of keeping his mind active. It's a really charming little series. And then if you haven't read the Chief Inspector Gamache series by Louise Penny. That's also a really good, cozy, comforting series that a lot of our patrons enjoy. All right, and we can't end the year without one more V's verses. Uh, if I do say so myself, I have had such fun producing a new poetry segment for you every month. So I wanted to recommend a few poems for Christmas, winter, New Year's, just general cozy winter poems. So two that I highly recommend you look up are White Eyes by Mary Oliver, as well as The Storm. So sweet, so special. My favorite poet of all time, hands down. 
And then I would look up any of Ken Nesbitt's poems for Christmas, but especially December 26th. I also recommend Christmas Tree Lots by Chris Green, Taking Down the Tree by Jane Kenyon, Chicago in December by W.S. DiPiero, and one of my favorites, Christmas Mail by Ted Kuzer. And I jotted down a little poem on Christmas Eve this year as I was just sitting in the living room reflecting on the movements of my family around me. So I wanted to share that with you today and maybe invite you to take a minute to take stock of what's happening around you in the present moment. Portrait of Christmas Eve by Victoria Horn Here my heart is rising up, is making a demand I can't quite decipher, is cresting the horizon line at the back of my throat. In the kitchen, Marmy is singing, there's no place like home for the holidays, is mixing a batch of something sweet, is tapping the side of the bowl with the spoon to ensure that every sacred drop is savored. Across the living room, Daddy is reading the library book I brought home at his request, is teasing me for trying to make him read more, is crossing his arms and falling asleep in his chair. There is time enough to rest, even today. Upstairs, my brother is changing into workout clothes, is preparing himself for battle, is reminding me that the important thing is defending the body, shoring up the heart's gate. Far across frozen Minnesota roads, my sister is checking the weather for the 20th time, is doing the grown-up math of how to make it home for Christmas, is gliding a hand over her black cat's belly, asking the earth to quiet down long enough to deliver her safely home to us. Miles outside our small sub-celestial town, the bales of hay rolled in November are still sitting, hunched in snow, our standing watch are staring at passing cars, birds in flight, the rotation of the earth around a sun always burning, turning everything to shadow and light. So that's it for this episode. If I recommended books to you, I would love to know what you thought and whether I did a decent job. Be honest, and my recommendations will improve, hopefully. So I had so much fun picking out books for all the different readers who wrote in, and I would love to do this again in the future if there is enough interest. So let me know if you would like me to do this again. Follow the podcast on your streaming service of choice to be informed every time a new episode drops. And if you have suggestions for topics, genres, or books I should cover on the podcast, send me an email at ask.odell.library at gmail.com. Thank you for hanging out with me in 2022, and wherever you are and however you celebrate, I hope you take a moment or two to look after yourself. And until next time, I hope you've enjoyed your time between the stacks. This episode of Between the Stacks was written and produced by Victoria Horn. Special thanks to the Odell Public Library staff, library board, and friends of Odell. A hearty cheers to all of our lovely patrons who support the library. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast.
10 minutes in. Awesome. Hello and welcome to Between the St- <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Hello the and some books Pe- peculiar peculiar it an, it is an absolute from 7 to 7:30 p.m. for from 7, 7 to 7 and we want to big on our website website Dre- hellish prison hellish I think that it will hit that. Um, the thirteenth. Uh, let's see. We'll keep trucking. Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic. Wait. I should probably tell you what it's about first. Not a fan of male authors. I understand. Um, that we are closed September. September. The joy of eating. <laughs> Next up, I have a present here in my sack. Ew. I learned it from you, okay? <laughs> Just phenomenal. <laughs> Just sounds horrible, so I avoided anything that sounded like that. <laughs> it sounds like these people are a little bit horrible, but. <laughs> Oh, doesn't that just sound so sweet? There's a tail. There. Uh, it sounds terrifying. It's okay. You're very good at other things. Oh, you'll be noticed, all right. Wow, that's far ago. Far ago? <laughs> far ago. Because she's the worst. Yes. It sounds so good. Blast from the past, uh, as far as my childhood goes. <laughs> Dazzling. It just defies description. Sounds uh, kind of awful, but gross. Gross. <clears throat> gross. <laughs> It's gross. It's what it is. Still going strong from the 90s. You're a very formidable woman. If you hate the book, I I will read it and then maybe understand why. The coolest descriptor ever. You grumpy old man, bitter old neighbor, cranky man with a story right up your alley. So cool. Iowa. (laughs) So we know the landscape. That's always fun. I probably butchered that. I'm so sorry. Does that not sound like the best thing ever? Oh, I love you. Uh, (laughs) Merry Christmas, Saint Vic. Okay, I'm leaving that out. 